The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, your Kansas City Chiefs lose to the Oakland Raiders. No! The Las Vegas Raiders. You I can't better put some respect right. on that name. I, I Apparently, I should. Las Vegas comes in to Arrowhead and beats the reigning world champions 40-32 to in embarrassing fashion. I can't, I'm, I'm not ready to do this show, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, it's here, here to help me talk about this debacle. And make no mistake, it's a debacle. Are my pals? Find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, uh, give me one word to describe this game. Inexcusable, although I'm sure the Chiefs are going to try to come out and come up with some excuses about the uncertainty of next week versus the Bills played a part or how the game being moved last week or maybe being moved last week played a part like it did after a poor performance against New England. Like I'm sure there's going to be plenty of excuses that get thrown out there. But uh, yeah, no, this loss, completely inexcusable. The Chiefs have a couple of these with Andy Reid every single year, but at some point in time, you just you got to cut them out. And this was not the week to have it. Like this was a poor play up and down. And the issue, I think it was similar to last year when we lost or had the really close game with the Lions. We just talked about how there are issues in that game that are going to come up later in the year. Guess what? They did multiple times over the next few weeks. That's what this game was. Only the Chiefs weren't able to pull this one off in the end. Yeah, it was. Not good. There, there's very minimal things to take from this. And I know that we're going to go through a bunch of things and they're basically all negative. Yeah. I know there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to sit here and go, listen, guys, you know, don't freak out. They won the Super Bowl last year despite all of this. Listen, this was a poor performance, an abysmal performance by every single facet of offense and defense against a team that they should have whooped, honestly. This is not a contender. The Raiders are not a contender. This was an anomaly, what happened today against a poor-performing Chiefs team. You can't do this against good teams. You just can't. And the Chiefs executed horribly. They played horribly. They had a poor game plan. They adjusted horribly. Like, it all went wrong. So this is just going to be a lot of negatives this week. As it should be. It's deserved. And guess what, boys? It's Chiefs Divis time. We got a lot of problems with you people, not you, not the listeners. We got a lot of problems. No, with, you guys are great. We got a lot of problems with our Kansas City Chiefs and their performance. And I opened it up for some Chiefs Divis comments 
And uh, let's just, I'm going to read a few. I'll just ask you guys for some opinions. Brandon 422, offensive line, it's more of a suggestion at this point. That's a really good one. Uh, Ron Kopp, our guy, did Derek Carr just outplay Patrick Mahomes, Matthew? By a long shot. It wasn't even close. I mean, not only did Derek Carr go out there and essentially show up the entire Chiefs defense, and the second half, he more or less walked up to the sideline right to Patrick Mahomes' face and said, watch this, and Patrick Mahomes just sat down on the bench like a little boy in school getting scolded with having his hand stuck in the cookie jar. Derek Carr played a phenomenal game. The Chiefs challenged him to play differently than he's ever played in his NFL career, and he did it, and he looked phenomenal doing so. He's still the same Derek Carr, though one or two times in the entire game the Chiefs got pressure. He definitely panicked and made bad plays. They couldn't get pressure. He threw the ball downfield. He threw the ball short accurately. He did everything he had to do, and he looked good doing it. Like I said, he took the challenge of playing Patrick Mahomes outplayed him in Arrowhead. There was plenty of chances for Patrick Mahomes to make this a true back and forth, and he simply couldn't do it. Derek Carr won this matchup. First time, I think, he's beaten the Chiefs in like four years, but he did it this time. Craig? I got nothing. I got no- Derek Carr was good. I, he he threw the ball downfield well. Matty handled all of it. Took advantage of some god-awful secondary play by the Chiefs there. I, nobody was good. Nobody was good. And Derek Carr was so frankly i i mean they were the better team they deserved to win Derek carr broke some tendencies the chiefs leaned on some tendencies a little too much you saw them trying to play at the sticks a lot in some key situations maybe playing a little bit undisciplined tedrick thompson and leaving guys streaking wide down wide open down the field uh but that is a piece of this is is the chiefs challenged Derek carr to be something he's not i mean this was not the guy that two weeks ago the New England Patriots double-teamed his check down because they knew it was going down. No, this one challenged plays down the field. And he made the Chiefs Bay. And it was it was embarrassing. It was just – all right, first grievance for me, Charvarius Ward. Let's start there. Mm. He got – look – the problem with the problem with Charvarius Ward isn't all his fault. The problem with Charvarius Ward is that some people want to make him out to be more than he is. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl with Charvarius Ward, I understand, but even the he looked like playoff Charvarius Ward for most of the game today. Beat down the field, no idea what he's doing. The, nothing was working for that guy today, genuinely, and he got rightly cut he got rightly benched and basically played i believe only in the dime the rest of the game is that correct craig that is correct they had rashad fenton early in the dime playing that slot role a little bit and then when rashad fenton replaced Traverius ward in the second half they didn't mix that up they just kept bringing Traverius ward in as the extra db and let him play on the boundary a game to forget for Traverius ward and the problem with all of this because DBs have games to forget. Don't get me wrong. It happens to everybody. But the problem for this is that he has spoken before about confidence and how he lacks confidence at times. You know, that he just needs to play as a confident player. Bob Sutton said that. Sam Madison has said that. Steve Spagnolo has said that. You benching Charvarius Ward is going to hurt his confidence. That's not good. You need that guy. Legereus Need is not ready yet. Legereus Need is going to be a little bit, I would guess. Rashad Fenton, 
looked much better, obviously, than Charvarius Ward did in the second half there. But it is a spot where you're going to need guys to be able to step up and make a play. He's still going to play in the dime. He's still going to get reps out there. You can't have an unconfident quarterback or cornerback because the situations you're going to run into is stuff like we saw against Ruggs where he's just not able to run with a guy, very few people are, but kind of loafing a little bit. Let's be honest here. He was not finishing plays. Very few Chiefs defenders were finishing plays. It wasn't just Jarvarius, but he looked like he was moving in slow motion in a lot of the stuff that he was doing, not just against Ruggs, but against a lot of the other receivers that were out there. He looked like a player that was a little bit checked out, as did most of the defense today. Right, Matty? Yeah, the whole defense had the same issue. I just, I think Ward was kind of the pinnacle of it because it was at a time where the game really was back and forth. And to be frank, if you remove some of these bad plays by Charvarius Ward, you might get a very different game. I feel like that's where the Raiders got some of their energy back. They got back into the game, the Nelson Algalar touchdown, in which, yes, Tyron Matthew played it poor, but the more I see the wide angle, I really think he was expecting to be have another split field defender. And Charvarius Ward was just hanging out somewhere and then when he decided to drop back he dropped back with the most lackadaisical jog up the numbers not even getting anywhere close to a proper split boom touchdown no Slater misses the jam completely on a guy much faster than him doesn't even try to get his hands on the receiver boom another touchdown now all of a sudden the Raiders are in this game entirely I feel like the Raiders were able to get big plays against Tarverius Ward and that kind of brought them back but like Craig said I mean, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, the two leaders of this team, show some more energy. Get something going. Like, they did not get anybody kicked into gear. We didn't get a single sideline camp view of them yelling at somebody. You know, they mentioned it a couple times, but, like, they needed to get these guys in gear. They didn't do it. Those two played poor themselves. I just think, like, Kent started with their Charvarius Ward. He maybe isn't the guy that a lot of people thought he was in the middle of last season. He did not look good in this game. He looked mentally checked out. He looked athletically overmatched. And I understand he's dealing with an injury. It's a hand injury. His legs should be fine. His mind should be fine. He didn't look like a guy that belonged out there on the field. Thank God Bashad Breland came back because he actually is the one guy that played good for this defense. If it wasn't for him, who knows how many points the Raiders would have scored. Maybe 80. All right, some, mm. some more grievances at Creased Brain, except for the Baltimore game. It really doesn't look like anyone is having fun at all. Uh, Josh Kupchik, why does three yards seem so hard for us to get, but Raiders would run into a wall and get four? <laughs> T-Hod, 1982. This was old school Chiefs and not in a good way. Uh, Riley Shawa, were these refs as bad as they felt, or, or as I felt, or is that just the bias? Look, The problem with this game is not the refs. Yes, Jonathan Abram is a terrible football player, and he got bailed out. That smug dingus. I just, I cannot stand Jonathan Abram, and I I almost hate losing to Jonathan Abram more than I hate losing to Derek Carr, because he is bad. He is actively not good at football. And, like, the Chiefs were picking on him early in the game. But this dude has the audacity to get roasted in coverage, make an early play on the football, and celebrate like he did something. Bro, you are a problem. You are a liability. And you have the audacity to act like you're good? Anyways, it wasn't the refs' fault. Do not blame this game on the refs. The Chiefs stunk. 
everything except kicking extra points. They were outclassed by the Las Vegas Raiders. Got it right. There we go. Um, yes, they definitely were. I'm, this mm, uh, People are going to point to the holding call called on Coleccio Simile, who apparently has tendons torn in both of his knees of per Andy Reid. So he, uh, he's he got to be done for the year. Sammy Watkins with a hamstring injury. I think that covers the, the injuries that happened there. But... People are going to point to that as a turning moment. You know, that was an awesome pass by Mahomes. Sure, yeah, that was a big moment there. But the Chiefs should have responded. They started this game fairly well on offense and then just did nothing. Just did nothing with it. And the the refs are going to get brought up time and time again. Instances where, you know, soft calls, things like that. That's not what the problem was. The problem was one team showed up to play, was tired of being little brother to the Chiefs all this time, and the other team didn't and just sat back and let the little brother come in and whoop them. We got to talk about the Sammy Watkins injury, I think, here. Partially, because a lot changed after that Sammy Watkins injury. No one got open. It made it made this offense a little bit. It made it made this offense a little human when Sammy Watkins was out. The likes of a Demarcus Robinson and a McCole Hardman were not able to to really help account for his loss. And it's really this is people don't understand how valuable of a player Sammy Watkins is to this offense because he is an X type receiver, and the Chiefs really don't have many outside of him. He is their true X. And well, here it, Byron Pringle's coming, I'm sure, Maddie. But that is a huge problem. The Chiefs have no one to play the X. And really, after he got out, you saw how valuable of a player he was to this offense because no one was getting open, Maddie. I, mean, I have to wait to see everything to go in on Sammy, the loss of Sammy being the biggest issue. But the offense sure didn't produce near as well without him. I do want to say, just from watching the broadcast, it allowed the Raiders to bracket Kelsey a lot easier because they didn't have to worry about anybody else on the opposite side of the formation of Kelsey or with him working the middle of the field, working the shallow and intermediate areas because that's not where Robinson or Hardman do any work really whatsoever. So once you remove Sammy from that area out of the game, he's no longer there. The only person there is going to be Kelsey or the running back. I think we're going to get to the running backs in a little bit because I think that's a big part of Chiefs to this. We'll do just that Just go later. now. Now? Just, no, just go now. Go for it. It's time. What is the point of drafting a running back that has a fantastic receiving ability, maybe one of the best receiving running backs to come out of the NFL draft in the last five, six, seven years, and the only time you target him in the passing game is on dump-offs? If you want to have a running back run a real route, why are you bringing your backup 4-6-5 running, I'm sorry, 4-8-5 running 40 and Daryl Williams, put him on the field, have him run a seam route or an angle route while Clyde Edwards-Elias sits on the bench? I'm fine with drafting a running back at 32. I think it makes this offense better if they actually use him. Problem is the Chiefs haven't utilized him whatsoever. You want to talk about not being able to use McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson to replace Sammy Watkins? Yeah, no doubt. Those those guys don't play that same role. Byron Pringle does. You only got him one target in there. Use the running back. 
use Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be that second guy underneath across from Kelsey to draw some attention away from him so he can continue to tear up the Raiders' secondary. But no, the Chiefs only want to throw dump-offs to their first-round pick. They have no receiver that they're going to put on the field. They can play within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, as evident by Hardman's two catches and Demarcus Robinson's two catches. These guys just simply aren't good enough. The Chiefs aren't doing a good job involving their first round pick. If you're going to pick someone in the first round, have a plan to use them. If you're going to pick somebody in the third, second round, have a plan to use him. If you're going to pick someone in the third round, well, hope he doesn't opt out, but should have some plan to use him. They're getting nothing from these guys in the first two days in the NFL draft because they're refusing to use them. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might as well be any random guy playing running back the way they're using him. Run, 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 dump off in the flat, run, dump off in the flat. That's not how you use a first-round drafted running back with his skill set. That's completely ridiculous. It's actually embarrassing for Andy Reid, who's supposed to be a guy that does an excellent job with running backs. He needs to figure that out, and he needs to figure it out quick, or they really did waste an entire draft pick right there. And... Just to get us back so you guys can continue going to it, McCole Hardman had a chance. He had opportunities to be an ex-wide receiver. He got snaps on the field to go out there and play and produce big yards. The Chiefs needed production from somebody after Sammy Watkins got hurt. Nobody did it. Nobody. Nobody did it. He had the opportunities. That opportunity thing doesn't work anymore. Yeah, Brian Westbrook. That's that's who we comped Clyde edwards Hilaire to. And Andy Reid said that he was better than Brian Westbrook. So why aren't you using him like Brian Westbrook? Like, what's the point here? Like, if you're going to get into a pass-heavy script like the Chiefs were at the end of the game, Daryl Williams was the guy there. I know what people are going to say. Oh, Daryl Williams, better pass blocker. They didn't bring him in. They didn't leave him in to pass block. They were running him on routes almost 100% of the time. If you're going to do that, put Clyde in that role. The only route that I can remember, and stay, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Kent, but the only route that I can remember that wasn't a dump off was an angle route that was broken up yep. by, you know. Nate Kwiatkowski yeah, might have been there a little bit early, but that's neither here yeah, nor there. But we're not blaming still, the rest point today. Being, no, point being, they, they weren't using him in that way. And when a team is going to man up, and they're going to match up and try and take away the deep stuff. The guys that Clyde Edwards-Elair should be seeing in his matchups are guys that he can beat if you're running him to his full route tree. Not if you're just having him float into the flat where a corner can break off his route and bite down, or a linebacker can just sit on it, or a defensive end can contain Rush, get out into the flat, and get his arms up. Like It's not a, it's not a good usage of Clyde Edwards-Elair. And it, like Matt said, if that's how you're planning on using him, then why'd you go out and spend a giant asset on him? They need to adjust the way that they use Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he is a passing weapon. He is a good receiver, and he is a matchup nightmare in the passing game. And if you're not going to use him in the passing game, he's not worth what they've done. The reason, like one of the big reasons we were excited about, is because they got the best pass, the best pass catcher traits at the running back position, and it could potentially create a dynamic addition to this offense. And it hasn't at all, and that's not good enough. They need to get him involved. Look at what you see. You have you saw it happen today. Clyde can make people miss. He can his lateral change of direction ability is extremely good and he is elusive when he does it. Why aren't they using the angle routes more? Why aren't they getting those in, in, as part of the passing game? And especially now. They going they've got to get him involved and it has to be next week because if Sammy Watkins is out for the Buffalo game, 
you are at a severe disadvantage and you need someone to step up at the, as that third weapon in the offense. And no one really did it today for me. They've got to that you've got to find a way to create some more consistency on a play to play basis. And the, the DeMarcus Robinsons, the Byron Pringles, the McCole Hardmans, yes, none of them are consistent enough to do what this team needs in the absence of Sammy Watkins. And you saw that. It's way too high variance. It's all over the place. They got to figure some stuff out. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire needs to be part of the solution to that. It's inexcusable that we haven't seen him involved in the passing game the way he very obviously should have been. And it's frustrating to watch. And honestly, the offense has been kind of frustrating to watch for big stretches of this season. And I don't know what the, I don't know what it is. Even the day, even today, like early on, good stuff happening, not sustainable. Why is that? Some of it's probably the play calling, but they also just need people to step up. Yeah, let's go back to the variance. Let's talk about the variance of Mitchell Schwartz getting his butt whooped by Max Crosby over and over again. That's exactly what I was going to say, yes. Eric Fisher losing to Cleveland Farrell, who can't beat practice squad offensive tackles versus anybody else. The interior offensive line having one nose tackle rush against them and somehow letting him still crush the pocket. Like, this offensive line unit has been god-awful. And I'm not trying to say it's not on Patrick Mahomes, too. He's very uncomfortable back there. He has a he has always lacked comfort in the pocket. It's gotten better through here and there, but he never looks comfortable just stepping up and sitting in the pocket. He wants to move. Even if there's a good pocket, he would rather just start scrambling than staying in a clean pocket. It's only getting worse and worse right now as the offensive line's playing worse. Years past, you have Mitchell Schwartz on the right side locking someone down. You have Eric Fisher on the other side who will have his ups and downs, but generally does a pretty good job. This year, both of those guys are getting whooped over and over and over and it's showing up in a big deal you can't see Patrick Mahomes can't roll out to his right anytime he wants because Mitchell Schwartz is doing well half the time Mitchell Schwartz is getting smoked by an average defensive end it seems like then the interior guys aren't good enough to hold up the pocket I don't know where you want to place all the blame there it's probably a little bit on Patrick Mahomes a little bit on the offensive line but they got to figure something out because like Kent said in the first half there was good stuff some of the things look good. It's not sustainable when half of it's Patrick Mahomes throwing off his back foot over and over again and scrambling around making ridiculous throws. Like, yes, he can do that at a high rate, but you can't play an entire season like that. At some point in time, he's got to trust the guys in front of him or they simply have to play better. And right now you're getting neither. Like this offensive line is terrible to have the New England Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders without their best player get pressure so frequently rushing three guys is embarrassing. That unit should have their head down with a hat brim pulled as far down as can go in the film room because those guys, I don't know what they're doing. They are playing awful. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Vince Gutierrez, offensive line, can't handle a three- or four-man rush all year. Dylan Dutton, why do our bookend tackles suck so bad all of a sudden? <laughs> Terry Dunlap, O-line trashiness. That's three of six of these comments just right here in the feed right now. Like, there is just a lot of angst right now. Um, it's And it's it's justifiable. You know, the the – the issues get magnified in the losses. And we've talked about a lot of these things the entirety of the season. Watching them result in a loss is frustrating. You should be frustrated. Go after it. Be frustrated. There are things and issues with this football team that need to get addressed, and they need to get addressed soon. Because it's not getting easier. The biggest game of the season is coming up next week. The Buffalo Bills have a real good front and a real good back seven. And this team, this performance is going to get you embarrassed on Monday night. It's more like mm. Monday afternoon, actually, if you look at it. It's, it's going to be 4 o'clock Central Standard Time, which I hate. I hate Monday games. I'm going to rant about the schedule now if I'm not careful because doing Monday games is literally the worst. Throws everything <laughs> off. Why can't the Chiefs just have a normal week? This was a normal week. Yeah, this was a normal week, and then look what happened. Is this what you want, kids? <laughs> it's it's it it's very troublesome to me because Patrick Mahomes in his post game presser says, you know, nobody's going to be more motivated than him to get this one behind him. And uh, listen, I get it. I don't doubt that Patrick Mahomes is going to be fired up to play against Buffalo, but you're telling me you couldn't get fired up to play against the Raiders. That's that's what I saw. I saw a defense and an offense that frankly sleptwalked through most of it like why why does that happen so often does this team buy into their hype a little too much this pass rush I, i'm on pivot here this pass rush was awful frank clark is better than this chris jones is better than this alex okafor and Ta and taco charlton are better than this they were awful Derek carr had all kinds of time to throw Derek carr was able to do whatever he wanted in the pocket, and the couple of times that he had any sort of pressure in his face, the Chiefs had a great result from it. They couldn't win one-on-one -on -one with either Chris Jones or Frank Clark, and we are a very pro-Frank Clark podcast. He was bad today. He was real bad. Even in the run game, he wasn't good. This was a bad performance. Chris Jones had an overall bad performance. Couple splashy plays, but an overall bad performance. You can't do that. You can't switch off for a game against this offensive line. They were a good enough offensive line to keep Derek Carr healthy, but you do more than that. That's a bad performance, and it let the Raiders get in the rhythm. It let them dial up some more of those long passing concepts. They bought into their own hype. And so did the secondary. This is not 
a good performance and they should feel bad <laughs> about their performance and not let it happen again because it, it, the Raiders are not a good team and the Chiefs made them look like a very good team. We have someone wanting Jody Fortson to be activated. We already have four uh, tight ends on the roster and one's never active. I know. Ricky Seals-Jones can't even play. Uh, we have <laughs> people mad at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I thought Zolt, Joel Zilstra, I thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire was supposed to be good. Uh, people frustrated with the play calling. A lot of people are very upset with Dan Sorensen, Maddie. I mean, he played a terrible game, but you also can't put Dan Sorensen one-on-one with one of the better tight ends in the NFL and expect good results. So I don't know what you're going to do that. I'm going to add one. I don't know if this is one of your chiefs questions, but I got a lot of people on Twitter trying to tell us and, you know, complain a little bit in general as in is his chiefs spirit. What were the deep safeties doing playing intermediate routes? They were making cut calls against the Las Vegas Raiders. It's something the chiefs deep safeties do a ton. The chiefs constantly replace safeties with outside corners against crossing routes. They especially do it against teams like the Raiders and Derek Carr who make their living throwing underneath and on drag on crossing routes. John Gruden lives for mesh. That's like where his favorite play results. You call a cut call with the safety coming down to avoid some of it. You replace him with the corner. That's the play call. Dan Sorensen coming up. Tedrick Thompson coming up. Juan Thornhill coming up. Those are calls made. Somebody's supposed to replace it or they're supposed to know they don't have help over the top. The Chiefs defensive backs either didn't know, didn't understand, or quite frankly, Derek Carr just beat them. That's possible. Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, these guys could just win. That is part of it. I don't think the Chiefs defensive backs played well. Frank Clark playing terribly, Chris Jones playing terribly, everyone on the defensive line playing terribly plays a part, giving Derek Carr time. But the Chiefs deep safeties were playing aggressively. They were coming up. They weren't biting on stuff. That was the play call because they were expecting the Raiders, like they always do, to take those intermediate crossing routes. Corners needed to replace deep. Dan Sorensen, unfortunately, was a victim a few times. He looked silly being lost in the middle of the field. Now, you want to tell me on that last one where the guy's completely running free where Tedrick Thompson bombed down towards the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I think Dan Sorensen got caught with his eyes in the backfield a little too much on that play. I think he was supposed to replace Tedrick Thompson coming down from what it looked like to me. He had a couple bad reps one-on-one. He also had a couple decent reps versus the run. Like, I'm not going to say he was all-around terrible. He had a couple up-and-down reps. That's what Dan Sorensen is. He's a middle-of-the-pack, third-string safety that made a couple nice plays at a big moment for the Chiefs last year, and that got people overly excited for who he is. Moral of the story is, the Chiefs' defense last year wasn't bad. It was coached extremely well. Some guys played a lot better than they're probably going to play ever again in their career. You have to find a way to mask that with new, better players. Dan Sorensen, Charvarius Ward maybe two of those players that outplayed their actual talent level last year. There's a lot of Dan Sorensen love for some of the cult moments of his career. I mean, the, the fourth down punt and having the game of his life against the Titans. Like there are some things people hold on to Dan Sorensen and people hold on to some of these chiefs players more than they should because they're yours. It's just, you, you got to have honest conversations about some of these guys and some of the glaring holes and the issues that stressed a lot of people out last year about this football team are still there. And we just named a couple guys like Charvarius Ward and Dan Sorensen playing above their heads. You have something, Craig? Yeah. uh, The third of the three guys that did not play particularly well today, Ben Neiman. My goodness. I said this off season that the chiefs did not have a quality backup Mike and everybody got to kind of see that on the field. 
Uh, Anthony Hitchens went out, and that front could not have been more confused. Like, I think in a normal circumstance with a guy that they trusted a little bit more, Anthony Hitchens would have got the rest of the day off because he was hurting. Like, he was clearly hurting and out there still playing defense. He had to be because the front had no idea what to do or where to go. How is that your backup Mike Linebacker? How is that okay? What what is happening in the linebacker room right now where all these guys can play so poorly and yet they don't add guys to the room? When they do add guys to the room, they're not guys that pick things up quickly and they can't get them on the field quickly enough. I didn't even think the linebackers were awful. Like This was not the worst game that the linebackers have played this year, but they were still not good. Because they're not good. And I don't know if that's a Matt House thing. I don't know if that's a Steve Spagnuolo thing. But the point is, when Anthony Hitchens goes down and you have to lean on Ben Neiman, it's automatic. The Raiders targeted Ben Neiman for an entire drive, and it worked the entire drive. Just running at him, throwing at him, forcing him to make reads, forcing him to make plays. It doesn't work. I don't understand how that's your dime linebacker and your backup Mike. Because he shouldn't be either one of those things if he if he's that exploitable. Right, let's let's get through some more Chiefs to this takes from all of y'all. Nick Stevens, sixteen. Where was Frank Clark today? Mahomes was bad in the second half. Second half play calling also didn't do him any favors. Tupelo Dillon, that's a crap ton of money on the Chiefs defensive line that did absolutely nothing. You're right. GTTVS. Mm-hmm. None of them better tweet anything after the game. <laughs> uh Kyle K, any person who believes that we don't need another wide receiver has zero football knowledge with Watkins. Our offense is flat. Have a good day. Wow. Mm. Coming in with some heat. Mm. Uh, KV Chiefs, 19. There's something to you guys all calling blowouts. 13-game win streak. I want to go back to that. I tripled down on that. I told these guys in DM before the game that I thought this game would be over by mid-second quarter because the Chiefs are vastly more talented than the Raiders. They are better coached. And the matchup, the schematic matchup between the two teams is completely lopsided in favor of the Chiefs. The Chiefs' run defense outside of the single 43-yard run by Devontae Booker held Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker both to barely over three yards per carry. The rush defense actually wasn't terrible. Sands the one big play. They got beat because the Raiders did something you wouldn't have expected. And there's no way I can predict that. If I'm looking at this game going into it, the Chiefs have more talent, they have better coaching, and their scheme matches up well versus the Raiders. Why would I not pick a blowout? Why would I expect the Chiefs to come out and not care whether they win or lose and expect the Raiders to do something entirely different than they have before? I get it. It's a fun bit when we all pick blowouts to come at us, and I'm fine with it. Please tag me and Kent every time because he hates it and I love it. But you can tag me every time. I think it's funny. I just don't see any rational opinion to make me think that the Raiders would have won this game or been close when I'm looking at it before the game started. There's zero reason to expect them to have won this game, and they came out and they whipped the Chiefs up and down the field. There's still no reason. Let's not pretend like they should have been in this game. If the Chiefs play to their potential, this game is a blowout early, Derek Carr is uncomfortable, and this game is over. Now, they don't play games on paper. That's what happened today. Like uh, The Raiders were the better team. The Chiefs have the better team, and they should have the better coaches, and they should have the better game plan and the better execution and everything, and they just didn't. They allowed a bad Raiders team to beat them. I, it, it's awful. Bad. 
I I can live with losses. I can. This team wasn't going to go 16-0. But you lost to the Raiders. You lost to a team that is not in contention for the one seed. All the goodwill you created with the Ravens game. Gone. Mm-hmm. You're tied. Oh, by the way, the Buffalo Bills would be the one seed today. If the season ended. And guess what? If you lose that game, you're two games out on Buffalo for the one seed. It's egregious. You can't lose games like this. You have you your margin for error to do what this team wants to do is slim. It is hard to win in the National Football League. It is hard to get a one seed. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. Dumb little losses like this. You 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 ruined your margin for error. Yeah, the Ravens might the Ravens schedule is getting pretty easy here. They play the N they play the NFC or the NFC East, I believe. They get to play the Bengals twice a year. They're probably losing two games. So your margin for error, you could be at two losses by Monday mm-hmm. if you're not careful. It's just egregious. It's egregious. Yeah, these are the dumb things. Sorry, Craig. These are these are the these are the things that keep you from from repeating. Obviously, no. And look, I know some people are gonna be like, "Well, the Titans game, you know, they lost the Titans game and everything after that." That's great. No, that's great. Sweet. So, so, you know, obviously, they needed Fitz Magic to get the uh, to get a bye week. The margin for error. You don't want to rely on Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, by the way, is on is potentially about to go twenty eight seven. On the San Francisco 49ers, third and goal. I'm watching it right now. I'm about to go Kevin Harlan on all of you. But this doesn't mean anything to us. It, so- it sounds like maybe counting on Ryan Fitzmagic is is working right it's now. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> you don't do you don't you don't need to rely on Fitzmagic. You need to do it yourself. You were fortunate last last year, and it was awesome. I think I think John Gruden has the quote of the evening, by the way. I just just want to put that out there. Said, we threw the ball down the field. Some of the pro football-focused statisticians will have to scratch their head Woo! tonight. John Gruden taking a okay. swipe at PFF. I mean, I think that's a swipe at Derek Carr. Yeah, maybe that's a swipe at Derek Carr. Who was good? <laughs> yeah. We... uh we're actually going to be okay with Frank's car- Frank Clark's grade this week, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's not. Because somehow this grade isn't going to be his lowest grade of the season. Somehow this be. grade is not going to be the lowest grade of his season. And it should be at least half of any other game he's played. All right. Last thoughts. Final grievances. Let's just close this thing out. Maddie, why don't you start us? Oh, I have no more grievances. I, th- I think we're going to get plenty of those out in the mailbag. I'm going to give you two reasons to uh, be happy at the end of this game. One, you're still fans of the reigning world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Remember how gloom you were last year at this time. Remember how bad it looked for the Chiefs in the middle of the season. Look what happened. This is a team that, go back to the Ravens game. This is a team that when they need to, when they absolutely have to, they have to get up for a game. They get up for a game better than anybody else in the NFL. That is the kind of team they are. Sammy Watkins getting hurt now? That's fine. You don't need him till the playoffs. He doesn't play the regular season anyway. 
other guys, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, you have some issues to fix. You'll fix it. They do this every single year with Andy Reid. This is a typical bad Andy Reid week. They might not even fix this next week versus the Bills. Don't freak out then either. We'll still talk about it like this because there's problems that are going to persist throughout the year. You're the fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. When they have to get up and play, they get up and play. Number two reason to feel healthy, Michael Thomas was called Slant Thomas by a teammate and he punched him at practice and he is now ruled out for their game tomorrow. And if you can't find great joy in his own teammate calling him only a slant runner, then I feel sorry for you because not even this Chiefs performance can make that smile from ear to ear go away from me. I mean, that is that is pretty glorious. That's right. I mean, the right coaches are in the building to fix this and I do think that they are going to approach things differently it just it really sucks that a divisional game against an opponent that you should just whoop is the wake-up call like I mean that that's a triple wake-up call for doing that but that shouldn't be your wake-up call couple numbers just from this game preliminary stuff here uh third down was awful they allowed 14.86 yards a play on third down like, that's abysmal. You can't do that and expect... They were not in situations. The defense was not in situations where they had third and long very often, and they still allowed 14.86 yards per play. And the real, real backbreaker, when the Raiders were in, you know, four to six yards to go to the line of game, whether that be second down, third down, whatever, they always got it. They allowed... 15.4 yards per play when there was between four and six yards to go to the first down. A 0% defensive success rate on the day. They, middle yardage, a, a situation where they should be in good shape and allow the, you know, force the Raiders into a third and short or whatever the case may be. 0% defensive success rate and 15.4 yards a play. You can't do that. And get you, you got to get off the field. You got to force Derek Carr into longer position or longer plays, and you just can't do that. Uh, Tyron Matthew, quote: "We won't ever forget this day. We'll see them again." So Quit running your mouth, go play. Please beat the brakes off them in the in the big black Roomba on the strip, please. Next time you see him, can you just embarrass them? Please, like, let Travis Kelsey throw a pass. Kind of embarrassing. Please. This was disgusting. It's the Raiders. Raider Cody is happy right now. We cannot let that happen. I, the the fact that it's the Raiders makes it worse. It's going to sting. Go figure, go fix your problems and go beat the Bills on Monday, please. You're the best team in the world. Start acting like it. Fix your problems and go out there and reclaim what's yours. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with the mailbag later this week. We'll catch you later.